The majority of Canadians are concerned about losing access to news after the Trudeau government's Online News Act became law last month. More parents are speaking out against gender ideology, this time in Windsor, Ontario. And Ontario wants wind and solar to make up a larger share of its power grid. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, July 12th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Sixty-three percent of Canadians are concerned about losing access to news on Facebook and Google after the Trudeau government's Bill C-18 became law last month, which would force big tech platforms to compensate Canadian media outlets. 61% of Canadians agree that while tech companies should pay for Canadian news on their platforms, 49% say that it is impractical and that the government should back down, according to a survey conducted by the Angus Reid Institute. Only 26% of Canadians believe that the government should stand firm on its position against tech companies. On Monday, Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez conceded on aspects of the law in order to appeal to the tech companies. Among the proposed regulations includes implementing a cap on how much the platforms will have to pay to show news content. Other proposals include considering existing agreements that digital platforms have reached with news businesses and clarifying what news outlets would be affected by the bill. Bill C-18 is expected to come fully into effect by the end of the year. Meta and Google both announced last month that they will remove Canadian news from their platforms before the government's law comes into effect. Lindsay, we've obviously been talking about Bill C-18 for a very long time. Everyone's concerned about it. Mainstream media outlets are concerned about it. Independent media is concerned about it. But the highlight here is that Canadians are paying attention to this, which is a very good thing. You know, Canadians can sometimes be quite apathetic to certain pieces of legislation that are being debated and discussed in Parliament. And in this case, it seems that Canadians are rightfully concerned of how they're going to be impacted by this bill, which means that that in turn could translate into pressure on the government to back down on this legislation. Yeah, I mean, if Canadians were to reflect on how they get their news, you know, is it because someone shared an article with you? Um, For me, it's, I mean, I check Google News every day. And if there's a topic I'm interested in, I type that into the Google search bar. So if those options cease to exist for me, I think, yeah, a lot of Canadians are wondering how are they going to get their news? And In the study that you were mentioning there, 49% of Canadians are saying that this legislation is impractical and the government should back down. The thing is, either way with, with this situation now, legacy media outlets are going to be benefiting. They're the ones who lobbied for Bill C-18 in the first place. No one else asked for this except for the big legacy media outlets, you know, Post Media, Torstar, Globe and Mail. Um... Because if Google and Meta don't give them their payments that they're demanding uh, through this legislation, then Pablo Rodriguez, the heritage minister, said that he will provide, quote, resources to them, which we can obviously read as taxpayer handouts. So either way, whether the legacy media gets their money from Pablo Rodriguez or if they get it from Meta and Google, um, they will be propped up, bailed out once again. Well, on that note, I thought it was interesting that a proposal on the table is clarifying what news outlets would be affected by this piece of legislation. Now, of course, that's something that should have been decided upon before this was ever passed. 
it is ridiculous that we are really determining what this legislation means post it becoming law. But, you know, the government already has a system in place for determining what they consider qualified journalism organizations. Those are the groups that can be eligible for government funding. The outlets that have been championing this bill and the outlets that already receive government funded, they can be the ones that are affected by it. That's fine by me. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Windsor parents, students, and allies gathered in front of NDP MPP Lisa Gretzky's office to protest against the local public school board's controversial gender policy and its recent decision to ban parents from meetings. The Greater Essex County District School Board currently allows children to change their gender or pronouns at school without the knowledge or consent of their parents. It also opted to temporarily ban the public from Board of Trustees meetings in June amid outrage over the policy, which is informed by gender ideology. Monday's protest was organized by the group Parents for Parents' Rights. It was attended by about 150 people. They held signs that read, No Secrets, Leave Our Kids Alone, and Let Kids Be Kids. The group's co-founder, Elton Robinson, says he decided to hold a protest in front of Gretzky's office amid her ignoring a request to discuss his concerns. Parents for Parents' Rights describes itself on its website as a group which, quote, believes that the parents and guardians are the most important educators and first role models of their children. Well, Rachel, would you agree with that quote by Parents for Parents' Rights that the parents and guardians are the most important educators and they have a right to know what's going on with their child's pronouns and genders at school? Of course, absolutely. Parents are the most important protectors of their children. And when we look at this, it's you know, obviously very disturbing that the school board has now decided to ban parents for meetings. So they actually don't want parents to know what's going on in their child's school. And, you know, I think when we look around today, there's obviously a lot of ways Canadians are having to make sacrifices. You're having to make sacrifices with potentially the type of groceries you're able to purchase for your home and whether you can afford to go on that family vacation this year. But another big sacrifice is that parents are going to have to start making is where they're sending their kids to school and being sure that they are able to protect their kids. In some cases, I mean, if this was my kid, I would pull them out of the school so fast. If there were school board meetings going on that I didn't know what was being said there. So it's a really difficult conversation that parents need to be having at home, but ultimately you cannot rely on the state to properly care and raise your child. Right, and the protesters outside of uh, Lisa Gretzky's office, the NDP MPP, Apparently, she was advised that this is an unsafe situation, and she was advised to lock the door and not be present in the office. Um, so this, alongside, you know, parents being banned from attending the meetings in June, I think, you know, it was just a temporary ban, it looks like, but uh, they could extend it. Our elected officials are inaccessible, and I think that's why this group co-founder from, from Parents for Parents' Rights wanted to make this display. And we are seeing a very similar thing playing out in New Brunswick, where Premier Blaine Higgs has instituted a policy where if a kid under 16, a minor, 
has changed their pronouns or their name or their gender at school and is requesting that a teacher, um, you know, use an alternative name or pronoun for them, then the parent will have to be notified. You know, this just seems pretty basic. But um, instead, Blaine Higgs might be up for a leadership review over that policy. And so we're really seeing people demonize parents. I mean, you could call them conservative parents, but it would be quite extreme for a minor, a, a someone under 16, to change, want to change their gender and for their own parents to not be notified. It really does seem like common sense legislation. Well, and we're seeing this idea increasingly seep into North America, this idea that they're not your kids, they're the state's kids, that we're all working on raising them together. We saw the White House press secretary say this. U.S. President Joe Biden has said things akin to this. These are our kids. We're all raising them together. No, they're not. They're the parents' kids. The parents can decide how they're being raised and what they want them taught. So it's pretty incredible to see Blaine Higgs take this stand. I'm not seeing this happen anywhere else in Canada right now. Obviously, he's feeling the heat for that. Hopefully, he stands firm to his convictions and is successful in that leadership review should there be one. But this is something that parents need to be aware of. The state is coming for your kids. People are being very transparent about that. There was the pride protest, I believe, in New York City where they actually chanted, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your kids. So there's a lot to be worried about right now, but you need to make the best decisions you can for your family. And if that means pulling your kids from the public system, that might just have to be the sacrifice that you make. The Ontario government has unveiled its plans to invest in more wind, solar, and hydroelectric power generation as the province prepares to meet the projected demand for electric vehicle usage. Energy Minister Todd Smith announced on Monday that the province will look at expanding capabilities over the next two to three decades, with completion dates being projected into 2050. The plan does not rule out the use of natural gas, with Smith saying that the province is not ready to commit to a total ban on natural gas, which currently provides about 10% of Ontario's electricity. He said natural gas is still needed as a backup source when renewable energy is not available. Some have raised questions about the reliability of wind and solar power, which depend on fickle weather conditions. Last month, several regions in Canada and the U.S. experienced a total decline in wind power generation as wind speeds slowed down to almost zero. Solar power also fluctuates depending on the time of day and cloud cover. According to SecondStreet.org, a think tank that advocates for free markets and consumer interests, these factors make wind and solar power weak business cases for Canada's energy needs. I think this is an interesting story when we talk about they're setting benchmarks for 2050. I mean, they're giving themselves a lot of time. So I don't think it's a bad thing. They're not rushing into this. They're not saying we're going to ban natural gas. Of course, that would be a big issue. But I am curious about this demand for electric vehicles. We just There was a story from Reuters yesterday saying that manufacturers in the U.S. are just not able to sell their EVs and they're just kind of taking up space on the lot, which is very frustrating, of course, for those trying to sell the cars. You want to be able to get as much product in and out as quickly as possible when you have vehicles which take up a lot of space. That's obviously a frustration for them. So I'm curious if this demand for electric vehicle usage is going to increase as as many people say it will over the next you know, 10 to 15 years. What's your take, Lindsay? Well, the federal government has made EV use essentially mandatory through a phasing-in plan. Uh, so by 2035, every car that will be sold in Canada uh, as a new vehicle will be an EV. You know, some provinces may adapt earlier than others. In BC, I think EVs are gaining traction. 
some provinces will transition to EVs better than others based on, yeah, their geography. Okay, everyone, thank you for tuning in. I just wanted to announce that today is my last show because I am leaving True North for a couple months to go on maternity leave. That said, you will be in good hands with my colleagues over the next couple of weeks. Cosman Georgia is taking over as host of The Daily Brief. And please don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the days for all the news you need to know. As well, if you're able, please consider supporting True North's work over at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.